garden with Keynes Garden Centre Kilcoggan, the garden centre for garden lovers. See keensgardencentre.ie. It's that time on a Monday where we chat with the man who knows it all about gardening. Yes, that is Tom Stewart from Keynes Garden Centre. He's smiling, but it's true. Tom, how are you? Very good, Alan. Good morning to you and good morning to the listeners. Thanks very much for being with us. Uh, We haven't, uh, you guys out there, haven't put uh, a question to Tom that he hasn't been able to answer yet. Maybe this morning will be the first time, but I very much doubt it. Test Tom's gardening knowledge. Don't tempt them. Don't tempt them. All the gardeners at Clare, come together and see if you can come up with a question that's too taxing for Tom. It's 086-1800-964 if you want to be in with a chance of winning one of two 30-euro vouchers for Keynes Garden Centre or if you just want your gardening conundrum solved and we'll get those questions are already flooding in I'll get through as many of those as I can a little later on but you want to go through this week's topic first Tom which is growing camellias an easy guide to growing these fabulous winter and spring flowering shrubs yeah, thanks, Alan. So these shrubs, we'll have them in our own garden centre and you'll see them around in other garden centres. Some of them might be just about to come into flower, but definitely they'll all be in nice bud, uh, bud formings on them with flowers soon to um, to come on. So camellias, they're an attractive evergreen range of shrubs and they produce large flowers during late winter and early spring, depending on the variety. Uh, camellias were cultivated in the gardens of China and Japan for centuries before they were seen in Europe. And the leaves and buds that are used for making tea come from a variety of camellia, Camellia sinensis. So other types, um, other uses rather, include medicinal anti-inflammatory use. They're used for hair care products and a type of cooking oil used by millions of people in parts of China. In this part of the world, we're happy enough to grow them for their ornamental value, particularly the flowers, as we mentioned, and which are sometimes mistaken for roses and come in a range of colours from shades of white, pink and red. Some have double flowers and some with single flowers. And they offer a great show of colour for that time of year when you might not have a load of shrubs in flower. And they also have the advantage of being evergreen uh, and their glossy uh, green foliage looks good all year round. Uh, whichever variety of camellia you choose, you'll need to get the soil conditions right. So camellias, they need to grow in acidic soil or so- soil that has a low pH. Uh, if you don't have this type of soil in your garden, and many of us don't, you can use ericaceous compost and maybe perhaps some leaf mould if you have some. Uh, there are loads of varieties of, ca- of camellias that are happy happy to grow in pots as well or containers using that ericaceous or acidic compost. And that compost is widely available in garden centres and is no more expensive than regular multipurpose compost. It just has more of a more of an acidic kind of makeup from it. Uh, when choosing a location, uh, your camellias prefer an area that is dappled in, in dappled shade or even partial shade. They are a kind of woodland plant and aren't too hop, uh, aren't too happy in very sunny positions. They'll handle a little bit of sunshine, but you know if you can give them a little bit of dappled shade, uh, they probably prefer that. Uh, also, something to, just to keep in mind is direct sunlight in the morning can dry out the flower buds too quickly as they are uh, as they're developing. So somewhere that gets morning shade is best suited to their needs and choose a spot that's um, sheltered from strong winds, somewhere not too exposed. Uh, whether you're, uh, or rather, when you are ready for planting, uh, and if you plan on using a pot or container, which should be at least 12 to 14 inches in diameter, first give your camellia a really good watering in its original pot, preferably with rainwater if you can, and giving the roots a really good soaking and then allow it to drain. Make sure there are plenty of holes in the bottom of the pot that you're going to use and maybe add some stones or broken crockery or something like that to improve the drainage. You can fill your pot about two thirds full with ericaceous compost, leaving enough room for your camellia. Uh, position the plant in the middle of the pot then with the with the top of its root ball 
maybe about two inches below the rim of the pot. So fill in around the roots with your compost and push down with your fingers, then water well and allow it to, to drain off. Uh, camellias are somewhat slow growing, so shouldn't need to be repotted too soon. But do keep an eye on them and don't let, allow them to become pot bound. Uh, when you're watering them, use rainwater if you can. This is particularly important in areas where there's lots of lime in the water. And some people will be aware of that in their in their own water source. Um, it's important to keep camellias very well watered in summer, particularly between July and September, as this is when the next year's flower buds are being formed. So use tap water if needed but definitely keep them moist during late summer, early autumn. Uh, they aren't a particularly hungry plant, but an ericaceous feed, either liquid or granule, will keep them healthy and it'll help maintain a nice glossy green leaf, a nice shine off the leaf. But avoid feeding them too much in summer. You can also put it like a, a good bark mulch or mulch of compost around the base of the plant. It's beneficial as well. Uh, they are a hardy plant, but severe frost or snow can damage the leaves. So perhaps wrapping them in some garden fleece during very prolonged or very cold weather, or if it's practical, maybe to bring them inside for a short bit uh, during those very cold spells. A few great varieties to look out for was one called Camellia japonica, Dr. King. So this is a large semi-double rose red flowers with a with a kind of gold or yellow centre uh, flowering in spring between March and May. Pretty nice variety. Another one called Lady Campbell. It's a hardy and vigorous camellia. has nice bright red double flowers and it's compact growing about two and a half metres, making it a good choice for gardens of all sizes and for, for growing in containers. Or another variety that's quite nice is Camellia Mary Williams. This is an early flowering camellia with large single pink flowers. It's perfect for woodland gardens and containers. So with camellias, there's very little need for maintenance. There's no need to prune them really. You can deadhead faded flowers just to keep them looking tidy and a nice appearance. And as mentioned earlier, don't allow them to dry out, especially in late summer. Uh, they make a wonderful gift for any occasion, particularly from now to late spring when they're, as I said earlier, when they're either in bud or in flower and looking really good. So a nice gift to give someone. Lovely stuff. Uh, sounds like a really nice shrub. And uh, lots of questions, as I say, continuing to come in. We'll get to those very shortly, Tom. But you just have a few tasks uh, for the Clare Gardeners for the coming week. Yeah, a few timely jobs maybe for the week or two ahead. So onion sets and shallots and garlic, they're all available to buy at this time of the year. So you could pick up your favourite varieties and even try a new type. There's plenty of bare root plants available and we still have our 10 tree deal. If you wanted 10 trees planted, that's an offer we're still going with at the moment. Uh, also with spring soon approaching, you can dig in some farmyard manure into beds to condition and enrich the soil. Um, they're on offer at the moment as well. Buy two, get a third free. But farmyard manure is a great slow release soil conditioner. Um, you can plant up some potted bulbs if you missed out on planting bulbs in the autumn. So there's lots of snowdrops and crocus and dattles and tulips available, uh, ideal for planting now. If you have any dormant plants that are in need of moving, that in, if they're in the wrong place, uh, now is a good time to move them to more suitable location. Uh, you can use greenhouse fumigators or smoke bombs at this time of year to clean out your glasshouse or your polytunnel from any unwelcome insect pests before starting to plant up for the new season. And probably with the improved weather conditions, you can clear out the remnants of old crops and weeds from your veg plot dig the soil over and uh, mixing in maybe some compost and farmyard manure as you go and setting yourself up for the spring. Okay, there you go. A few jobs for the week or two ahead. Now, time for the listeners' questions. Tom, we'll see if you can be caught out this week. Uh, Phyllis Harvey's first to try it on. She's from Ina. She says, good morning, Alan and Tom. Uh, can used ground beans be used as a fertiliser in a flower bed now that spring is in the air? Good morning, Phyllis. Um, 
they can act as a bit of a mulch and, and maybe a, a slight soil conditioner, but I wouldn't really regard them as a fertilizer. But by all means, uh, there's no harm. There are compostable kind of um, nature to them. I wouldn't rely on them, as I said, to feed your shrubs, but absolutely no harm to add them to your soil. As I said, act as a mulch and, you know, but wouldn't have any kind of feeding um, side effects on them. But yeah, no harm to add it to your garden. Okay, uh, Anne Kelly and Cree has been in touch on 086 964. She says, I have the shrub Photinia, Red Robin, that has grown too big. I need to cut it back. When is the best time to do it? Anne is also wondering, could I grow some more from the cuttings? Thanking you. Good morning, Anne. Yeah, well, the Fotinia Red Robin, a lovely shrub, um, and it produces, particularly on the new growth, that lovely red, lush uh, colour uh, lending to its name. But by all means, Anne, if it has got a bit too big, you could cut it back now if you wanted to. So maybe cut it back, you know, depending on, on where you want to bring it to, but maybe cut it back to a leaf or a bud. Um, you might you might be taking one third off the, the overall height or size. And definitely with those cuttings, they're definitely worth taking a chance to see, uh, will they will they propagate for you so um if you've taken cuttings you want um for propagating you want ones of about pen or pencil thickness remove the lower two-thirds of the leaves so just leave a couple of leaves on on the top of the of the cutting get them into um uh, small pots with some multi-purpose compost um and maybe even using a little bit of rooting powder on the cut surface but definitely by all means and you could cut back your fertility now no problem um and that'll help give a new flush of spring or a new flush of growth in spring around March or April when they'll flush out again lovely and you'll have that really vibrant red colour. So by all means, cut them back now and some of those cuttings is definitely worth trying to um, to get them to root up. It can be a little bit slow to root, but by all means, it's, it's material that you have for your charge, so why not? Okay, Anne in Ennis says that she sowed a swede. It grew big, flat and white, impossible to cook. She's wondering what went wrong. And funny, yeah, and so... Maybe maybe it was a stray variety. I don't know if you got it from a seed or from a plant. Normally, um, there's, there's plenty of varieties and, and they're proper to grow from seed. Um, they do like to have um, a certain trace element called boron in, in the ground and some soils might be deficient in that and, and it can kind of affect the, the outcome of, of um, swedes and turnips and stuff like that. So there is a fertilizer if memory serves me right, oh yeah, called Vitax Q4. And one of the trace elements in the Vitax Q4 is a product, is, a, is an ingredient called boron. And boron, as I said, can um, can be beneficial to likes of turnips and swades and stuff like that. So you could look you could look for something like that. It comes in relatively small boxes or buckets. If you only need a small amount, it's available. So that's one you could keep an eye out for, Vitax Q4. And maybe you were just a bit unlucky. Maybe it was something that went, went wrong in, in that regard. But given that that feed... Um, when the plants are developing in, in spring, you, you could use that one and that might be beneficial. Okay, uh, staying with Ennis and Morning Focus listener Siobhan says, Hi Alan, can you ask Tom, is it too early to buy seed potatoes? Uh, good morning, Siobhan. No um, seed potatoes, they'd be available at this time of year. I know we have some in stock ourselves, so, you know, you, you can buy earlies, um, second earlies and main crops at this time of year, no problem. So maybe something like um, Sharps Express or Orla might be a nice early variety to start from. Um, you can grow some of these guys in containers if you don't fancy digging over the soil and you'll have lovely homegrown um, flavoured produce. So definitely, yeah, you could. And what a lot of people, they tend to buy their seed potatoes early, like at this time of the year. 
and and what they're trying to do is to avoid missing out on some of the favorite their own favorite varieties, which can sell out quite quickly. So definitely, by all means, um, get yourself into ourselves or your local garden centre and pick up. Uh, particularly if there's varieties that you're keen on before they before they sell out. But yeah, seed potato is available now, no problem. Okay, brilliant stuff. Uh, Margaret from Kilrush has been in touch to say, good morning, Tom. Would you be able to advise what plants work well for a fragrance garden that I want to set up this year? Regards and thanks. Uh, great idea, Margaret, and good morning to you too. So lots of fragrant um, um different plants out there. Some will have naturally flavouring uh, or scented flowers. Some might have foliage that if it's slightly bruised or crushed will give it a nice fragrance. But definitely, like typically the likes of lavender would be particularly nice. Honeysuckle is particularly nice. There's a lovely evergreen shrub that being flowered this time of year called Sweet Box, uh, Sarco Coco. Really nice evergreen shrub, easy to grow in, in the shaded area. Um, and definitely later on when when um, in the summer, the likes of sweet pea, which you can grow from seed, starting it off now, no problem. Lovely fragrance off the sweet pea. Obviously roses, stuff like that. But certainly if you called into any garden centre and, and said, look, point me out a range of shrubs, they're going to include plants like lavender, roses, honeysuckle, sweet pea, um, that uh, scented one, the uh, saracococco, really nice. But there's, there's plenty of other ones there, but great idea to do, Margaret. I think having a scented area or scented part of the garden, really beneficial. Okay, the wonderful Kay Currafin is up next. She says, good morning, Alan and Tom. Good morning to you, Kay. Hope you're keeping well. Kay says, what feed can she give her Esclonia hedge? She says, it's healthy when the foliage returns in about April. The problem is it does not flower much anymore. Kay says, it's about 18 years old and says, thanks again for all your help and tips. Good morning, Kay. Great to hear you again. So yeah, Escalonia, great coastal shrub, evergreen and should have a nice amount of kind of pink flowers. Um, perhaps this one as you're um, indicating, Kay, it might be in need of a good feed. Maybe if it's in the ground that long and, and the soil could have become a bit depleted over the years. So definitely something like um, a granulated and slow-release fertiliser. Um, the Osmo Pro Bloom is one of the best ones we'd recommend. So that's a really good fertiliser to use. It comes in a bucket. So And as I said, it's granulated and slow-release. So you could probably kind of late February, early March, you could start to apply. And as a, as a rule or as a as a rough guideline, something like um, a generous handful per plant at the base. And you can just throw it in at the base of the plant um, and that'll help kickstart and, and feed up the soil and the, and the plant will take from the soil. And then you could give it another application, maybe in, in late April, early May uh, or coming into June, you could give it another feed again to um, to promote flowering. Sometimes uh, Escalonia can suffer a bit of um, fungus spot on the foliage as well. So maybe um, as the new foliage, as the the new growth comes out and the foliage is looking nice, maybe give it a, a spray with a something even like rose clear or any fungicide just to help keep fungus at bay and the healthier the foliage, the healthier the plant and, and the better flowering. But something, a high potash feed like that Osmo Pro Bloom would be perfect to, uh, K to feed the Escalonia. Okay, brilliant stuff. There you go, folks. He passed again with flying colours. All the questions answered there. A few more questions I just didn't have time to get to, but congratulations to Anne Kelly from Cree and Phyllis Harvey from INA. You've each won yourselves a 30 euro voucher for Keynes Garden Centre. Tom, one of these weeks will catch you out. One of the listeners will catch you out, but it'll probably take a long time. Uh, Tom Stewart, always a pleasure. We'll chat to you again next week. My pleasure, Alan. Thank you and take care. Bye-bye. Take care. All the best there. Tom Stewart from Keynes Garden Centre. 86 964 If you ever want to send in questions for Tom, you can send them in at any stage of the week and uh, we'll keep a hold of them and put them to him the next time he is on.